0: 1 Corinthians 6, verses one through eight. When one of you has a grievance against another, does he dare go to law before the unrighteous instead of the saints? Or do you not know that the saints will judge the world? And if the world is to be judged by you, are you incompetent to try trivial cases? Do you not know that we are to judge angels how much more than matters pertaining to this life? So if you have such cases, Wrong and defraud, even your own brothers. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. Well, here we are in chapter six, and Paul in Chapter Five brought the left hook of sexual immorality. Right. And now here comes the uppercut of uh, lawsuits. You know, this what does this division in the church look like? They're suing one another in, you know, outside courts and not dealing with these personal matters as Christians, but rather as, you know, just random, unrelated neighbors. Right. So this is kind of an interesting one. Obviously, we have lawsuits today. Mm-hmm. Um, I I just drove for the holiday season a few weeks ago. I drove from Atlanta to Birmingham, down to St. Simon's Island, down to the Gulf, back up to Lake Martin in Alabama, and back to Atlanta. Woo. So. It was it was a lot of driving it was not great <laughs> but i literally i i was like annoyed by the end by the home stretch because i was like if i see one more personal injury lawyer billboard i'm going to like yep scream like it, it it's crazy like this is you know one of the biggest like industries right now that were biggest advertising industries is personal injury law and, and You know, whether it's real or kind of exaggerative, you know, basically taking advantage of an accident or, um, you know, doing whatever to leverage that for personal gain. Yep. And of course, there's a right way to do it. But um, so here we have believers suing one another. Jackson, what do you make of Paul's accusation here and his word and judging angels and all this sort of matter? Yeah
1: you know, this is a, an odd passage because it feels, I don't know. Um, it, it feels just like a a strange scenario that's being presented, but I actually think that there is a lot here that is really important for us to get, um, a couple of things that I think are important, um, that, that are sort of implicit in this passage. One is just how special of a thing that is supposed to exist within the community of believers, within the household of God, within the church. You know, when we trust Christ, there's this really wonderful thing that happens. Uh, we, uh, enter into a life giving relationship with God Mm -hmm. that, uh, theologians will call union with Christ. So we have union with Christ. We are in him. He is in us and his life flows to us through this yeah. relationship. So yeah. it's amazing. We're gonna talk more about that as we talk about sexual morality in the the coming days. But uh, we, not, we don't merely have union with Christ as a result of the gospel. We also have union with other believers. And so this is what's been referred to as the holy communion of mm. the saints. And we, we see that in like the Apostles' Creed, for instance. Um, so what, what that's saying is, is that because of the gospel, believers, are so powerfully and wonderfully linked together in a mysterious way that to seek to sow discord amongst believers is actually a grievous sin. Mm -hmm. Um, And and so so there's supposed to be something about our relationship with one another by virtue of the gospel Mm -hmm. that makes it so that when we get together, the glory of God shines so brightly that people look at us and go, oh, like there's something special. Like the truth exists in that in that group of people. Yeah. Grace exists in that group of people. Light is shining from that group of people. And, and, and what Paul's saying is, is that's not happening amongst this group of people. Mm-hmm. Like not only are they not living out this incredible relationship that's been worked by the spirit amongst them, but they're actually like, uniquely working for the detriment of the other in a frivolous sort of way Mm -hmm. and then the second thing he says is that you just endure that don't you realize that because you are spirit filled people you can actually navigate these complex situations Mm -hmm. these scenarios and this is something i think is is good for us to wrestle with as a church paul is saying that in something as personal and as complicated as, uh, litigation, uh, between two brothers or a brother and a sister or two sisters that the church can actually provide wisdom yeah. so that those situations are navigated. I had, uh, some friends, um, several years back and they entered into this, this business partnership, this business relationship, and it soured mm. and they ended up, um, Uh, Filing lawsuits against one another, and and they were part of our church, and and we sat down with them and we're like, guys, like you can't do this, and and they talked it through and they told us how justified they were in doing what they were doing, and we just we kept pleading with them and reasoning with them, and eventually they realized the wisdom of a passage like First Corinthians six, and they went, oh,
0: well,
1: can you help us? Yeah, and so that's what we did. We sat down with them and we kind of helped. And, and and a group of really wise folks from our church sat down and they they navigated it through and they came up with a fair solution to this business disagreement and the result was unity was able to be maintained the wisdom of god was able to be expressed and the glory of christ i think shined in that situation but we often don't give that up op- that that scenario a chance to play out because we insist on our own way Mm. and we're going to go and just take advantage of the way of the world rather than the way of christ
0: yeah i mean to your point about i guess those two guys presenting their case of like why they were justified i I love how paul lands this section like can't like wouldn't you rather just suffer being wronged or being defrauded like it's not even it doesn't matter who's right. Mm-hmm. Like, and, and which it's such a parent thing. Like I I, uh-huh. I I feel like I just remember my parents saying that and or hearing parents say that growing up of like hearing sibling squabbles is like, it doesn't matter who's right. Like mm-hmm. they, we do not fight. This is not a, a squabbling. This is not a place for petty right. arguing. And, and, you know, so much of it, like how can you actually get to that point? Like mm-hmm. how can you actually truly in your heart of hearts be okay with being defrauded or or you know being wronged and it is totally your perception of yourself and of other people and this is what Paul is trying to to give them is this eternal perspective yes. amen like we are co-heirs of a kingdom together and this is just something that he you know we've talked about this already in this series and we're definitely going to get into it more But so much of what Paul is attacking is they've turned the church into a social club. Right. And, and, you know, when a church is no longer a heavenly family, but an earthly social club, crap like this starts to happen. But he's trying to reframe it as you are going to be ruling with this person, co-heirs with Christ for eternity. Yep can't you find some middle ground? Right. Like, can't you figure this out? Yeah. Absolutely. And, 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 you know, if you try to come at this from a earthly perspective, then there's no way you can be okay with somebody, you know, cheating you out of some money or or property or whatever the heck it is. But if you come at it with a perspective of moth and rust destroy, thieves break in and steal, but my treasure is in heaven, then you can begin to like navigate this stuff and mm-hmm. with a right headspace.
1: Absolutely. You know, so often I think that if we could remember that we are going to live forever, so much of this stuff would naturally fall into place. Yeah. Because, you know, if we if the totality of our existence was, you know, 60 to 70 to 80, 90 years, then, you know, being wronged in this life in a in a significant way in 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 a in a business context might be the most one of the most significant things that happens in your existence yeah but if we're going to live forever and and if 99.9999% of that is going to be in glory uh experiencing the the unencumbered uh relationship with Christ that we have by virtue of the gospel then we 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 have to be able to have some perspective on this sort of stuff to say oh it, it's okay for me to be wronged. It's yeah. okay for me to suffer in this life. Yeah. It's okay for me to to not be vindicated, and and the 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 consequences of us insisting on making this little molehill the most important thing are are, are huge, mm-hmm. uh, and they they ultimately sully the name of Jesus. And so there's a lot at stake.
0: Yeah, absolutely. Well, we're going to continue in this section tomorrow. But for today, for Jackson Randall, this is Will Carlisle. Thanks for listening to Our Daily Rhythm. I'm Jason Dees, one of the pastors of Christ's Covenant. And Our Daily Rhythm is a ministry of our church designed to help you more faithfully and effectively meditate on God's word.